Hello and welcome to the 66 to 87 podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Tom Reed. I'm joined today by Taylor Haas and Dave Molinari, our two fine beat writers that cover the Penguins. And we will later be joined by uh, the great Eddie Olchek. Eddie O. Uh, we'll be dropping in on the third segment. We've, but we've got a lot to talk about, even though we don't have a lot of games to talk about. You guys cover hockey, but it's, it felt like you guys are football writers right now. Uh, you, you, there's just not a lot of games going on. And I'm wondering, what is that like for you guys to cover? And more importantly, what do the, the players and coaches have to say about all of this downtime due to games being postponed because of the uh, COVID, COVID uh, crises with different teams? Well, it, it certainly is different, as, as you mentioned. The uh, you know, uh, players like to get into a game every other day rhythm, and uh, right now they're in kind of a game every other week uh, rhythm. <laughs> uh, so it, it is different. I mean, the Penguins contended uh, last week when they had a couple of games against the Devils postponed because of uh, COVID issues that uh, – the extra practice time could benefit them. Um, it certainly is debatable whether it did uh, for for the game they played uh, on Long Island on Saturday night. But, uh, you know, they are trying to make the best of it. And it's not as if their uh, their schedule will be shortened any. They're, they're still uh, expected to play 56 games, which oh. just means there will be a lot of games shoehorned in, uh, you know, once uh once things really get going again yeah go ahead after, yeah after um you know those those home devils games got uh got postponed i mean jari said that time was good for you know just working with buckley um kind of getting his head right which is a good thing but i mean one of the issues well one of the big issues with the team leading up to that was the power play and i mean they worked extensively on that in practice and then what then? That that game against the Islanders on Long Island, they didn't even get a power play, so like we don't really can't say how well it paid off. Um, but I mean, from just from asking about it, I mean, some players were like, "Yeah, this this extra practice time really helps." Other others, um, like in terms of the power play, said that um, with the power play, it's more about executing, and it's not really like it's like they just need to go out there and shoot. Um, but the penalty kill, because the penalty kill has been pretty bad too. They they did say that the, the penalty kill would be good um, uh, to work on in practice because the penalty kill is really just about learning the system, and uh, so they're able to like trust each other and read each other more. So like in that in that way, this extra practice time is uh, is helpful. It didn't do them much good on Saturday. They were shorthanded once and gave up the game-winning goal. So yeah, perhaps <laughs> it's, it's time it's, to spend a little more time on penalty killing. It, it does feel like these games uh, – I mean, first of all, uh, according to my public school education, we're almost 20% into the season. But because they're so, these games are so few and far between right now, they all seem so important, right? Like, oh, my God, they lost. And, and what's, what I think is going to be uh, interesting to watch here over the next week or so is when they're not playing, other teams probably will be playing. So do these teams lose points? Do the, do the, do the, the Penguins kind of find themselves falling behind? It, it'll be interesting where we are here in a week or two. And, boy, I tell you, if you like Washington Capital and New York Islander hockey, you are in luck because you're going to see a lot of it here uh, mm-hmm. from now until the end of, of, of February. 
But I think that uh, to, to get it down to more importantly, when you look at this division, the East Division, or if you want to really get technical, the Mass Mutual East Division, uh, I think a lot of people came into the season thinking Boston and uh, Washington and, and maybe Philadelphia were three teams you thought were probably had a really good shot at making the playoffs. And of course the Penguins kind of being right there, maybe in that next level with the Islanders who of course made it to the conference final last year. Well, five of the next seven games are going to get be against the Islanders. And I, I want to ask you two guys, how big are these games coming up? I mean, I, I just, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, if the Penguins were to lose, uh, a, a majority of them, how difficult there's there it might be for them to get in the playoffs, Dave? Oh, well, I mean, this year there's, you know, every, every game is more important than in a normal season for a couple of years. You know, first of all, there's only 56 games instead of 82. And, and even more of a factor is that every game is inside your division, you know, right. against against a team. Uh, that you're competing with for a, for a playoff spot. So, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, these Islander games uh, very possibly will go a long way toward uh, determining the Penguins' chances of, of getting into the playoffs. Uh, you know, New York has had struggles of its own. It had uh, gone five games without a win until uh, last Saturday night. So, you know, New York isn't exactly on a roll either. Um, it will, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it certainly will be uh, interesting to, to watch and uh, could have a profound impact on, on how the Penguins season turns out and when that season ends. Taylor, one of the things, when the Islanders are on their game, they are one of the better defensive teams in the league. And we've seen early in this season the Penguins falling behind teams. When the Islanders are playing well, if they get a lead, they're a very tough team to play against. Yeah, and I mean, they, they're bottom six. I mean, they have the best fourth line in hockey. And I mean, we saw that in that, that last game, uh, Clutterbuck, he, he got uh, the, the tying goal. Uh, but I mean, yeah, these, these games are huge. I mean, looking back to like kind of who I thought would, would make the playoffs out of this division. So it's like eight teams, top four make the playoffs. Um, I had like the Bruins, the Flyers, and the Caps is like my like probably going to make it. And then for that fourth spot, I was kind of between, you know, the Penguins and the two New York teams. Um, and that's kind of how I still feel looking at the standings and the way things have gone so far. So, uh, yeah, I mean, these games against the Islanders are huge. Uh, and, of course, we all know uh, part of what's going to be, you know, one of the things you never quite have a crystal ball in from the start of the season or at any point of the season, really, is health. And uh, the Penguins certainly, it's been widely discussed here on this show and in other forums of just what they're, what's going on with the, 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 this team's defensive uh, situation. Teller, you were at practice yesterday, and there were injuries in practice. Yeah. Them. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty early on, Mike Matheson, he uh, he collided with a teammate during a drill. Uh, it was pretty, I don't know, it was kind of scary. He was down for a little bit. Things were dead silent. Um, and uh, I couldn't tell what happened. It looked like he might have gotten hit up high, not 100% sure. Um, he had to be helped up. He did skate off on his own. But, I mean, that, that sucks for him because he was, you know, out since that second game against Philly and then – um, he just came back against the Islanders and talked a lot about how, you know, 
that time off was good for him getting to learn the system and all that. And then he comes back and uh, it looks like he he's hurt. We don't know for sure. Um, but he was still being evaluated uh, at when we spoke to Sullivan after practice. So we don't know about him, but I mean, uh, then, you know, the forwards, Jared McCann, uh, he didn't practice on Monday. Sullivan didn't have an update on him yet. He said he was still being evaluated. He left um, Sunday's game. Um, the po- positive injury news is that Marcus Pedersen is skating again, yeah. um, which is nice to he, to get another uh, left-handed defenseman back. He didn't practice with the team. He skated with the taxi squad. But, I mean, he is uh, getting close closer out of probably, you know, Rico Dumlin on, on the blue line. Uh, but yeah, because Rico Dumlin Rodriguez haven't skated yet, so <laughs> always, always a lot of injury updates coming out of practice. Dave, I think we mentioned this earlier. I mean, if there is any silver lining in, in all this break, is maybe getting some of those guys a little bit healthier, or, or getting them where you're not playing games. Like you said, they're going to have to pay the piper in March or, or whenever and play a ton of games. But giving some of those valuable guys, just Brian Dumlin, I guess some more chance to get healthy and just how important and we're going to talk about Latang in their next segment, but just how important it would be to get Dumoulin back in uh, where, where there's still a lot of games left. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's no question that in that regard with all of the defensemen that they have out that, that having so few games, you know, is uh, can be seen as a positive for them, but, you know, as I, I think we might have mentioned uh, in, in the past, it's not as if you fill a quota for injuries and then you're guaranteed good health the rest of the way. When they're playing a lot of games in a short period of time later season, logically you would think that that would uh, raise the chances of, of guys getting hurt. So, you know, they... Uh, their uh, their their drive to uh, to lock up a playoff spot certainly could uh, be complicated as, by injuries as uh, things move along. All right, coming up in our next segment, we'll have a roundtable where we pick some uh, different topics to discuss, and then after that, we'll be joined by Eddie Olchek. So please stay with us here on DK Sports Radio. You're listening to the 66 to 87 podcast. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast here on DK Sports Radio. Uh, back with Taylor Haas and Dave Molinari. And in the next segment, we will be joined by the great Eddie Olchek. So stay tuned for that. Um, I want to pick up on something that we, we talked about the last on the last podcast. And, and Dave Molinari made a great point. Uh, we, we were talking about just, uh, you know, Chris Letang had not really been putting up many points. He just, he just, uh, there, there've been some mistakes, but Dave mentioned, boy, there have been some decision-making issues as well that, that have really stood out. And I thought in watching the game Saturday night, uh, the four, three loss, I thought that they played pretty well in that game. 
but it came to a crucial part. I think it was in the third period where they're 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 holding on to a three-two lead. I think fans watch the game know exactly where we're going here. The Islanders have their fourth line on. Uh, Casey Sezikis is bringing down the puck down the right wing. Pio Joseph. Uh, maybe a half stride behind, but uh, he's he's got such a good skating stride and about a 17-foot stick that you know he's going to make the play or be pretty close. But Chris Letang decides to go behind the net and 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 create a two-on-one and nobody out front uh, for Cal Colorbuck. Now, if if he blocks that play and does not allow that puck to come out, you say, "Wow, that's a pretty good play." and and the and the Penguins have the puck, but we know that's not what happened. The puck comes out, Kyle Clutterbuck scores, and it's a three-three game. And Dave, is this the kind of decision-making things that you're kind of talking about that when we saw in that goal? Oh, yeah. I mean, there. I don't know that we could come up with a better example. Although there are probably dozens of candidates to pick from through the eleven games games but that you know been the most egregious so far and the most blatant um there was really no good reason for for Latang to do what he did I mean it, perhaps he was thinking that he was going to try to help out a you know a young partner uh, yeah. but there's you know, been uh, very little in, in P.O. Joseph's play to this point that suggested that he was uh over his head in that situation it really you know it should not have been a, a particularly threatening situation and really didn't become one until Latang went you know went behind the goal line and left Cal Clutterbuck alone in in front of the net it's at that point that it uh it became a, you know any sort of a danger for for the Penguins Okay. I, I, okay. I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to kick this over to Taylor and then I'm going to come back to you, Dave, with this question. Um, Taylor, obviously it's always easier to watch the game. It, it's easy from our seats in the press box. It's easy from the fans couch seat at home. When you still play like this, my question to you, as it continues to happen, what do the, what, what should the coaches do with this guy? I mean, he's a three time Stanley cup champion. He's been pivotal for so many years. But when we keep seeing a veteran like this kind of make these mistakes, where, what are the Penguins' options here? What should they be doing? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Like, just because that was not his only, like, significant mistake in that game. And, I mean, I think even, like, you you understated it. Like, P.O. had um, Sezikis covered. Like, uh, he had he had Sezikis forced to the outside. Um, Latang just went over to that right side. No reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like you said, you know, left just the front of the net wide open. There's, there's no way to explain that. Um, I mean, there are a couple other he did. He really didn't look good. He was on the penalty kill for the for the game winner. Um, really not sure what he was doing there. Uh, just kind of standing there. Uh, and then in the final, the final face off when they were, um, they had the goalie pulled and they were going for, uh, you know, a tying goal. He let the puck go right past him and kind of killed any chance of, um, of, uh, you know, coming back and tying it. I, so I don't know what you do. I, he's paired with Joseph now who he's not familiar with. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to, it's not Joseph's fault. I think Joseph has been their best defenseman, uh, so far. So I don't know if it's just that he, he's unfamiliar with playing with Joseph and he would do better if Dumoulin was back. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what you do. 
Yeah, Dave, I'll, I'll kick the same question to you. What can you do? And, 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 and is it a matter of, boy, he's just, you know, he, he misses his, his, his old partner. Uh, what do you do here? Well, it, it's not as if he was at the top of his game when, when Dumoulin was healthy either. I mean, yeah. it's, he's, you know, not played uh, to expectations for, for the entire season so far. I think considering that nothing else that, that they've done has worked, I, I think you have to seriously consider reducing his workload. Yeah. Uh, whether that would, you know, have a positive impact on him is hard to say. But he is far and away that you know their ice time leader in pretty much every game. Um, John Marino seems to be getting his game back in order, uh, so I think he could probably take on some more, more minutes. You know, for for a right-handed guy, um, you know that's that's the one thing where where I think you can, uh, you know. Try to get Latang, you know, Batty, uh, that that will work. But, you know, I, I'm not sure how many other options they have at this point. Taylor, I'll, I'll, we'll finish this, this little thing on Latang with this. Dave had mentioned earlier that, that one thought was that, that maybe he went behind the goal to help out his young partner. Is there a case be made that maybe some of this with these other injuries? Is, he's just trying to do too much. In other words, stay in your lane, dude. Uh, is, 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 is it a case of maybe uh, the, the, the veteran defenseman trying to cover up for some, some of these other guys? And again, the, between playing too much and, and making some decisions where maybe he's just trying too hard and do too much that he's causing his own problems? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you could make that case if if his partner was any other young defenseman. But, I mean, he's playing with Pio Joseph, who we've seen, like I said, I mean, he's been, you know, their, one of their de- best defensemen, if not right. their best defensemen uh, right. up through this point. Letang is, himself has said like three, four times now that Joseph looks like, you know, a veteran of 10 years in this league. Um, we've seen Joseph play big minutes a couple games now. Um, he can handle it fine. He, he really hasn't had any big screw-ups at all. Um, so I don't, I don't think you can make that argument for Latang. I mean, they might be unfamiliar with each other and that's maybe, you know, that could hurt with like reads and just like knowing, you know, what each other they're going to do, but, but stuff like that, that goal where he just went behind the net, that's not, um, that's not really being like unfamiliar with Joseph. That's just Latang making a, a, a bad, a bad move. Yeah. Okay. And of course the, the, uh, the four, three goal comes late in the game on a power play. I thought up until that point, Tristan Jari, uh, ter- terrific in the second period. And then uh, you get a power play goal where the puck kind of leaks between his pads. It doesn't go in, but they end up getting the rebound. Um, you know, this was a guy signed in the off season. Uh, this was the guy they decided they were going to go with uh, after they, they moved on uh, from Matt Murray. But right now, again, with, with not many games being played, I'm to the point, and I want to see if you guys agree with me or disagree with me, that I 
I, I think you've got to start playing Tristan Jari. I don't right now care about the results. Now, if he's getting getting lit up four or five goals and he's got being pulled, yeah, then there's something else is going to be have to go. Maybe you do with go with Casey to Smith. But I think you need to start getting him into a rhythm uh, because of uh, there's so few games this season that you've got to get this guy going. Dave? Well, there are, there are a lot of elements of there that uh, have to start performing to expectations if they're going to have a successful season. And certainly uh, having Tristan Jari play to the level that, uh, you know, he was projected to is, uh, you know, prominent on that list. Uh, they need good goaltending, the, the kind of goaltending that he gave them for much, if not most, uh, uh, last season. And that made it kind of easy decision, I think, for them to, uh, to you know, give him the, the mantle of being the number one goalie, uh, you know, over Matt Murray. If, you know, if you don't have good goaltending, what the 18 other guys do really doesn't matter that much. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to be successful and if they're going to do anything in the playoffs or possibly even just get into the playoffs, they're going to need consistently strong play for, from Tristan Jari, which obviously they, they haven't gotten. Uh, Taylor, jump in there. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. We're like, you know, I dove into the advanced numbers, the – the statistic for goalies that takes into account the, the changes in defense that might be happening in front of them. And um, Jari, like we said a couple times now, one of the worst goalies in the league in, in that area. When you take into account um, like the defense and the quality of shots they're taking. Um, I, I, I've seen people ask like, you know, can he not handle being the number one guy? But I mean, that's not it because he's, he, he doesn't he hasn't had the workload of a number one guy yet. You know they've been splitting the starts almost uh, evenly up until this point. So, I mean I don't know if you look at his stats like last year. He you know he went through rough patches too, but then he finished the year you know performing above expectation in that advanced stat that I that I mentioned. So, yeah. um, you know it all evens out in, in the end last year so i i don't know i think you can just say that this is probably a rough patch and he'll play his way out of it uh but, but are you but are you willing to do that are you are you ready to say all right let's give him a rack of games here let's give him three or four games uh starts as long as they're not back to backs and heck no we know those aren't coming for a little while to get him going even if he loses even if the penguins lose 3 to 2 uh, two to one, four to three. Give him three or four games to let him find some rhythm. Or do you? Or do you want to keep going? Who's ever doing better gets in the net. Where are well, you there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, Jari, he's he's underperforming based on what he's probably capable of. I would say DeSmith, he's probably exceeding expectations right here. I don't think I don't think DeSmith could keep this up. You know, uh, if they keep going with him, so I think you have to go with Jari just because I don't think the Smith can keep up playing as well as he has either, even though he hasn't looked great either. I mean, there's, there's really no other options. Uh, I don't know. The Penguins did tweet out a video of Alex Dorio shutting down <laughs> Joseph in practice, in practice in the taxi squad skates. I mean, shutting down um, their number one defenseman. So 
Yeah, give uh, the story of the shot. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on. Uh, this, this, this like floored me when I was reading it. I, I'd had a few cocktails on Saturday night watching the game, so when I read Dave's gamer uh, from uh, Long Island, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm a little fuzzy here. But then I read it again in the morning when when Malkin scored uh, at five on five. Which, by the way, was a terrific goal. That was a that was a that looked like Geno Malkin. You know, great play at the blue line. Uh, gets feeds the puck, then takes it back with a nice shot. But that was the first time he and Crosby, either one of them, had a five on five goal all season. I find that amazing that we're ten or eleven games in, and that's the first time that has happened. Uh, does that tell us a lot about kind of why they're they're sitting here around five hundred at this point, Dave? Um, but yeah, I mean, they're actually, I think, pretty fortunate to be sitting at 500 at this point when you consider that almost all of their victories have come in overtime or a shootout. Their record, you know, conceivably could be significantly worse uh, than it is. But yeah, obviously, when, when you're talking about those two guys, you know, you don't expect them to combine for one five-on-five goal in 11 games. That's... You know, I, I I can't imagine how much money you could have won in Las Vegas. Made a uh, a prop bet on on that going into the season. I mean, that's that's you know, it all it, it defies belief almost. And while you know, I I think Crosby has in general played okay this season. Obviously, Malkin has performed below expectations, and you know the the play of the, their top two centers is one of those factors that I mentioned earlier that has to be upgraded if they're going to have a successful season. And, and part of that is for those guys to uh, score more than once every 11 games when, when the Penguins are playing at full strength. Taylor, I mean, I, I think the first line has been pretty good. It's just, just weird that, that, you know, and the other guys are scoring just weird that, uh, it's certainly not like Crosby isn't playing fairly well. Uh, just kind of an anomaly with him, more than, more so than with Malkin, who we've we've kind of said is uh, certainly not off to the best of starts. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you can say that the the line, the first line has played well, even if they're not scoring. The second line has looked better as of late, even though they're um, really not scoring like we expected either. Honestly, I'm in favor in favor of just um, swapping the wingers. Um, I mean, Malkin last year um, uh, was really like at his best with Gensel and Rust. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'd I'd be in favor of you know putting him with uh, with them and seeing what that does. And then Kapanen, we haven't even seen Kapanen with Crosby yet, and that's like why they got Kapanen. Like, we he was expected to start there, um, and then Zucker looked fine in in the brief time he he spent there too. So I I. I'd give that a shot to see what happens. I mean, with one five on five goal between Crosby and Malkin, I don't see what it could hurt. I've actually liked, I mean, what I've seen of Kapanen back here, uh, the speed is obvious. He, he, he seems to, uh, he seems to have, have been a nice addition with the team. Of course, they, 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 they that's not by surprise. They went out and got him. Uh, what have, what have you two thought of, of, of Kapanen's, uh, it's a it's a small sample size, but what have you thought of of his play so far? I've been pretty impressed by him. I, I as mentioned, uh, you know his his speed is obvious. Uh, he's got a little bite to his his game. 
Um, you know, he's he's already been in a fight, uh, which is not something he's got a good shot. I think he'll score some goals for them. You know, at, at this point, uh, you know, there there's no questioning his credentials as a uh, as a top six forward. Uh, I think he'll be a you know a, a pretty nice addition to this team especially as he gets uh, a, a little more settled in. We, you know, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that he missed the early part of the season while he was serving his uh, coronavirus quarantine after coming over from Finland. Right. Taylor finishes, finishes up on this segment with. Yeah. I, I just think he's, he's looked great. Um, and I mean, we saw, you know, the second line improve uh, when he got put on it, even if, um, the scoring hasn't been what we've thought, but I mean, his speed is, is the biggest thing. I mean, he's the fastest guy on the team, like without a doubt. Um, and yeah, we, I, you see that out there. So yeah, that's just great. Um, he's, I thought he's looking good. You don't know now. Now Tanif doesn't want to go around, one lap around with him or he's, he's going to take Tanif in a race. I, I think Tanif might have more, more energy, but I mean, and, like your <laughs> foot speed, like, uh, I, I think Kapanen, Kapanen has him. I, I remember like seeing highlights of back, um, you know, so a couple of years ago when Haglin was on the Penguins, and ha- so you know Haglin very fast, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kapanen was like keeping pace, maybe skating a little bit faster than him. Um, when they were both fighting for a puck. So if like that's your, you know, the baseline, like he's faster than Haglin when Haglin was at his fastest. Uh, yeah, I think I would take Kappen in a foot race. All right, there you go. Stay tuned. Our third segment's coming up, and we'll have Ed Olchek from NBC Sports. You know him, you love him. as a former Penguin player and a coach. Stay with us here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast. We are delighted to be joined by the great Ed Olchek. Of course, uh, fans remember him from his days as Penguins, as a player, a coach, and now, of course, uh, the terrific analyst on NBC. Edzo, thanks for joining us today. And first of all, how are you feeling? How everyone here in Pittsburgh wants to know, always wants to know how you're doing. Uh, well, Tommy and, uh, and Davey, uh, doing well. Hope you guys are well and safe, uh, considering the uh, the world that we're living in. But uh, I'm feeling good, and uh, I got my uh, I get one of my four annual checkups for uh, my battle with uh, stage three colon cancer coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, there's always uh, apprehension and a little bit of nervousness here, but uh, hard to believe uh, going on almost three and a half years since uh, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer on August the 4th of uh, 2017. And and proud to say, and, and glad to say that I'm clean and clear and feeling good, but there's always, you know, it's always going to be with me the rest of my life. And for people out there that have battled this horrible disease, they certainly know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but I feel good and, uh, looking forward to, uh, getting into the hockey season and uh uh but just uh, great to be uh great to be back to work and uh feel uh, feel very fortunate so it's nice to be with you guys 
Well, great. Continued uh, health and continued success there. No real great transition, but let's get to it. We, we watched you on the broadcast yesterday with Washington and Philadelphia. We're almost, gosh, as we're almost about a quarter of the way into the season with the way these games are coming thick and fast. Yeah. Can you give us your impression of the East Division, the one that Pittsburgh's in, obviously? Yeah. Uh, what do you see here? And and maybe talk about the division if, itself and, and maybe Pittsburgh's chances in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at I, I think, like, I feel that Washington, Philadelphia, and Boston are the top three teams um you know washington here has played uh shorthanded um you know for their from from their own doing obviously with uh you know the the the, the handful of guys that broke the COVID protocol and, and what have you but you know also injuries and but um you know i, I still think that washington you know, has the type of team, especially on the back end. If you look what Brian McClellan did, the general manager of the Capitals is in the offseason. I made mention of this yesterday during the broadcast on NBC is, you know, I mean, he added Chara. He added Justin Schultz, who obviously, you know, Penguin fans know very well. And then they, end, uh, then they added Trevor Van Riemsdyk, um, who is one of those subtle uh, add-ons uh, on a team, a guy that has won a Stanley Cup in Chicago. And just like I said, is he a top four guy? No. Can he play in your top four? Yes. Can he be a perfect, you know, six, seven guy if, if need be? Absolutely. So you see he's added experience. All three of those guys have won Stanley Cups. So I think Washington, um, even the question mark I have in goal is, you know, do they have the goaltending to be able to get it done? But in saying that, I think that, you know, Boston, at least to me in person and watching on TV, I think they've been the best team that I've seen in the Eastern, uh, you know, in the Eastern division. So it's those three teams. And then, quite frankly, it comes down to the Penguinos and the Islanders for the fourth spot. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And I, and I would give the advantage to the Islanders because of the. I think they get the they get my check mark in goal, so uh, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. And as these games go on, the intensity is going to go up, and the points become a premium. And every game is a four point game, and you just can't throw away points. And uh, it'll be really it'll be really fun to see who is still standing uh, once we get to uh, what the first week in May. Yeah, dude, Eddie, under under the scenario you just laid out. Uh, the Penguins would miss the playoffs. Yet, from uh, ownership and upper management's perspective here, the GM that they're looking to hire is, is going to have a mandate to put together a team that can contend for Stanley Cups, so at least over the next few years, while uh, Crosby and, and uh, Malkin and Latang are, are still around. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a wise approach for them, or should they emphasize finding somebody who can can rebuild this team over the next few seasons? Well, there's a lot there, Davey. But I, I mean, look at—I I think the window—the window is open uh, to give themselves a chance to win with the you know the three big guys that you had mentioned. Now, is that possible uh, with keeping all three of those guys? and not upgrading your team in other areas that need that need help. Now look at, I mean they, they gotta have they have to get healthy. I, I, I understand that. But 
you know, I mentioned the goaltending position. Is the goaltending good enough to be able to to give them a chance to make a run? Is what is you know a run at a cup or cups, as you mentioned, Davey. So, um, I, you know, I'm I'm not sure, but with that, uh, you know, with that core, one hundred percent, I would be in the mindset as a look like you know th- this this window is 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 closing. It's still open, but it's you know, but it's closing. Um, and do whatever we can in this possibility of, of, of trying to make another run and win their, uh, you know, and win their fourth cup. Um, you, uh, Eddie, you mentioned the, the goaltending. You kind of alluded to it a little bit. What else gives you pause about this team right now? Again, and I don't, I don't think you're alone in saying this is kind of a border team for getting in that third, fourth, or end up falling short. What else worries you? I know, I know Latang has not had a very good start. He's had some really – he's had some issues with some decision-making here in games. I don't uh, – what what gives you pause with this team? Well, I just look at the – I look at the competition. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing. I mean, I, I just look at the division and and just, like, you know, where do they match up? You know, how, how do they match up? And, and that's what I'm – really looking at i mean it's it's the it's the hand that's been dealt you know there are a lot of teams that are in that similar situation i mean look i mean you know let's go out to the western conference you know i mean st louis vegas and colorado like i think colorado is the best team but there's going to be a team that's going to be a little pissed off uh because they're not going to get to the conference final i mean now again, uh, if if it's the way that it was, and you know the, the teams in their normal divisions and whatever, but we're not in a normal situation, you know. Forget hockey. Let's put everything in perspective. I mean, the world is upside down. Our world is upside down as, as human beings, and um, it, it's just the you know it's just the way that it is. So uh, I just look at the that division in the East and just go look at you got you got Boston, you got Wash, you got Philly. And then, you know, you got two teams there battling for that four spot. And look, you got to stay healthy, uh, hockey healthy. And then you got to stay healthy. You got to stay away from, yeah. you know, you got to stay away from the virus. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that everybody is, is stick handling themselves through and, uh, and what have you. But um, I just look first and foremost to the heart of your question, Tommy. I would just say I look at the other teams in the division and go, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Penguins against those teams. And, Hey, look, you know, when you got Sid, you're, you're, you know, you're going to be in every, you know, you're going to be in every game, but there's only so much that he can do. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how this thing all plays out. All right, Eddie, uh, a question I have for you. This you mentioned come- Sid, Eddie. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah. You mentioned Sid. Uh, what went into the season? If uh, somebody had told you in the first 10 games, Malkin on uh, Saturday night on Long Island got the first uh, for those two guys. You, you cut out, Davey, on the, on the first part of that question. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just asking what, what kind of uh, wager do you think you could have uh, made that Crosby and Malkin wouldn't score a five-on-five goal uh, in the first 10 games of the regular season. Uh, Malkin got the first of those for the two of them on Saturday right. night on Long Island. Right. Yeah, yeah, he probably would have gotten probably about uh, 100 to 1. And, 
he'd be uh he'd be smiling as my great former partner in pittsburgh the legendary mikey lang uh, he'd be he'd be smiling like a butcher's dog if uh if you would have been able to get your feet wet on on that wager and um you know look at i it you know it does it does it count does it come down to you know does it come down to those two guys yeah at the end of the day yeah i mean those guys have to you know they have to be the ones that are the facilitators and sometimes the finishers but um you know yeah is is, is that a concern yeah i, I yeah it, for sure it, it would it would be and it is a concern but um you know you know what you're gonna get for the, i mean you know what you're gonna get when sid plays and then for malkin i mean you know i i did uh i did a game earlier in the year and in in i forget which game it was because i've done so many here to start the season but um you know it was uh you know i think it was the washington game early in the season the penguins came back they fell behind and 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 uh, they came back and, and and won the game i believe but um uh, you know malkin you know to me malkin has to support and be to be that guy um to take a lot of the, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of the pressure because Sid puts a lot of pressure on himself, but I think you guys know where I'm going. I mean, he just, yeah. he needs to be, he needs to be that guy. And uh, um, it's going to be an uphill battle. I, I just, I, I really believe that because of the competition in the division. And so we'll get you out of here on this, uh, this coming weekend, uh, again, the Penguins and another round of Penguins and Capitals coming up. You know, from, from your time as a broadcaster, from your time as a player, as a coach, you look at this this rivalry. The it's a great rivalry between the teams, but the two individuals, Ovechkin and and Crosby, the the two stars of it. Where does it rank for you as far as when you look uh, across the spectrum of the league? And maybe you're a sports fan uh, over the last twenty years in, in sports of 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 a, of a great individual rivalries. Where does that kind of rank for you? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of bias here because uh, you know I was there for for day one uh, of standing behind a bench in Pittsburgh when when these two when these two titans collided for the first time and uh, and it's been a great rivalry. I mean, it's great for the game. It's 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 great for the business of the game. Uh, the two you know the two cities, you know, both have won championships. Both continue to uh, ascend up the history of the national hockey league and, and, and all sorts of records. And it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, I, you know, having played in the league for a long time and been around it my whole life is, you know, you get those, you know, those certain head to head battles, so to speak. And, you know, even, you know, not necessarily, you know, the, you know, again, I mean, different drafts and, you know, age difference or whatever, but I think, you know, you're starting to see it, you know, with, with Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews now, I mean, yeah. anytime those guys go head to head and now, I mean, the way the world we're living in is they're playing in the same division. So they're going to see each other nine or 10 times. So that helps build the rivalry. And, um, but I mean that, you know, the Sid, you know, the Sid Ovi one is, is, has been good as, as any, in, in any sport uh, the last, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. And uh, it's been fun to be a part of it on a lot of different levels. And, and people are always tuning in, whether it's from the, you know, the dueling hat tricks or going nose to nose in front of a bench or somebody giving somebody a whack or somebody giving somebody a cheap shot. Um, it's got every, you know, though there, there will be, 
there will be a book or 10 written about the, you know, the rivalry and, and what these players have meant to the cities and the franchises and national hockey league and years to come. So it's, it's, it's always exciting to, uh, to be a part of it and, and broadcast the games and, um, and look at, you got, like I said, I mean, you got two, you know, you got two pretty good teams that are, you know, that go at it and there's a pretty good chance that, uh, that both teams are uh, are going to give other te- the other team opportunities. And uh, for television, it's always good to see the puck end up in the back of the net. So I'm expecting a lot of goals. Uh, unlike the Super Bowl, I'm expecting a lot of points on the board on uh, Sunday uh, on Sunday in the Berg. On NBC, no less, right? Yes, it is. Oh, see how we try to do, you guys. <laughs> and so thanks a lot. It's so great hearing from you again. And you know, like we said, we know you know there's a lot of people here in Pittsburgh hoping for you, praying for you, continued success. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes today. Okay, guys, great being with you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys hopefully hit a rink sooner than later. Appreciate great. it. Great. That's Eddie Oldergren. Eddie Olchek with Dave Molinari here asking some great questions. Uh, that'll do it for us uh, on this segment of 66 to 87 podcast. And we'll talk to you uh, in the next couple days. Take care. <laughs>